the bus was flaming as I wasn't driving it when the bus <laughs> ended up on fire. It was our equipment manager at that time. So I don't take responsibility for blowing the clutch and burning the bus. But as we pulled in to the, to the Brooklyn, uh, to our game in Brooklyn, we were like two hours late for the game and the bus was on fire. <laughs> we were ripping our gear off the bus. So it wouldn't burn. So we were trying to save our gear. Oh yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Talking Trash Podcast, Diamond Hens. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. I'm good. We're here for uh, episode 10, sponsored by Fant.ca. Number 10? Who's number 10? You tell me who number 10 is. Who, who, you, you always shout out the Pavel, big- Pavel, probably? Burry? Oh, got to be Pavel Burry. That's, you, you know what? That's a good Vancouver guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Pavel Burry. <laughs> Quite the player. You started that tradition. Every time we um, start the episode, you know, whatever number on, we, we go to a famous hockey player. So Pavel Burry it is. It had to be, honestly. Well, listen, I agree. Plus, with your Vancouver roots, it makes makes a lot of sense. But uh, The old stick days. <laughs> Best logo. The old, the old Canucks logo. That's that. true. Sick logo. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, listen, before we start, Big shout out, Fant.ca, Club93, all our sponsors. And make sure, before this before this video keeps going, make sure you like, subscribe, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. And um, listen, last week we had a very interesting episode. Um, a lot of people loved it, obviously. And um, I can't believe that we, we, we talked about when I went to Philadelphia and, and talking with Joey Merlino and Little Snuff on the Skinny Podcast and... Um, the sauce versus gravy debate continues on. Yeah, it's still alive. It's it's crazy to me that there's so many people. Well, listen, let's be honest. Most people that commented on our Instagram gravy were South Philly guys, and they're not going to go against Joey or Snuff. So it's a little skewed. But even with all that Philly support for them with gravy, it was split. Sauce and gravy, it, it's, it's a debate. And I talked to a little Snuff, Joe Perry, from the skinny podcast. And I said, you know, we might have to settle this old school Yeah, in the spring. Maybe we go, we go to their hometown. We go to Philly on the road, road game. And we have a street hockey, the first annual sauce versus gravy cup. I, I put the challenge out idea. there and I think we might have to go to Philadelphia. And if we win, everyone in South Philly is going to have to call gravy sauce for I'm the down. rest of 2024 and vice versa. I like it. So we might have to go through with that. Um, also last week, we talked about your pizza eating habits and just shocking, frightening footage of you eating a pizza from the side. We've gotten a lot of feedback. A lot of people have been DMing pictures um, of them eating the, the Diamond Hands Pizza Challenge. Yeah, but they did it wrong. They started in the middle. I didn't start in the middle. We got to go back to the footage. I've seen the footage. I got to look at the footage again because so all is, I know. This is what happened, all right? I'll explain myself here. I took a bite of the front of the pizza to get some meat, you know, and then I turned it, took a bite of the crust, right? Because it's, it's, you're, you got to get some crust in there. I'm trying to test out this pizza. So now I have a bite out of the front and I have a bite out of the crust at the very back. So what am I going to do next? I what think, are you going to do next? I think we What's have to, move? I think, I'm not calling you a liar. You got to even out the whole side, right? I'm so then not, I even out the side and then I continue to eat my pizza normally. I'm not calling you a liar. I, I believe you. I feel like you started on the side. No. We'll have to yeah. go back and look. I, Even is, if I did start on the side, I started on the crust. 
There, I did not start in the middle of the side of a pizza. It that looked like would that. be a little bit psycho. Yeah, it would. It, it may have. Well, but we're gonna have to go back and review the allegedly. Contro- the, the controversy continues on false the accusations. But, but listen, I, I'm you know you're my guy. I'm yeah. always gonna defend you. I'm just yeah. saying it was different. I'm I'm not saying it's wrong. It was mm-hmm. just different, and a lot of people were shocked and frightened by yeah, it. Yeah, mix it up, you know. So we're gonna have to review that. And uh, listen. We got a lot of feedback from the Chad Wagner story from last week. Um, absolutely going crazy on the Adirondack Frostbite at the Danbury Arena back, and this was 2005. So we need to obviously get Chad Wagner. I mean, Chad yeah, uh, again. I hadn't talked. I haven't talked to Chad Wagner since that day in the locker room in 2005. Wow. So it's been 19 years, literally 19 years, and. Um, it's like finding Bigfoot. I, I had people sending me false Facebook profiles. Oh, this is Chad Wagner. It's not Chad Wagner. Chad, if you were listening, we need to get him on the podcast. I'm sure somebody knows him or, you know. And you got to also remember, I found Chad Wagner via my plug in the Quebec League with all these tough guys. and and But I didn't realize Chad's history. And so many people reached out telling me what a beast he was when he used to play. He played in the coast, which I didn't really realize. San Diego. And, I mean, I didn't realize he was also 6'5". I thought he was a little smaller than that. He's a big boy. So we need to get Chad in here for his side. It it would be a a major, massive find for us. And um, to put a bow on it before we go into today's episode, the first episode or two, we were discussing how, you know, even though we've played tough hockey, you've played at a much higher level than me, you get laid out sometimes. And I talked about a time in my sophomore year of high school when I got absolutely obliterated by this big farm boy, okay, Housatonic. They had like the St. Louis Blues colors. And it's funny. I got to give a shout out to my buddy Ray Akjar on Instagram. He reached out to me with proof. And I found the culprit who oh, laid nice. me out 22 years wow. ago. Okay. His name is Sievert McCabe. Nice. Okay. Sievert. Interesting name. Sievert McCabe from Housatonic. He might have to be an honorary Bad Boy Clubs member because he yeah. absolutely toasted Check me on the yeah. ice. And he was a big boy. And he sent me yearbook pictures. He's Bro, like, this is the kid, right? And sure hilarious. enough, and then we're going to put it up. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to put up this guy, Sievert McCabe's picture. Because this kid, okay, in 2002 was a monster. And he absolutely obliterated me. And look, you got to be able to take it as well as dish it out. So I got to give credit where it's due. Sievert yeah. McCabe. You are an absolute gem, a bad boy. And shout out to my buddy Ray who who DM me with this with this intel. And nice. um as we I get like into it. episode 10, you brought me this. What is this? I brought you that. Flock. Flock. Chicken skin crisps. You like chicken skins? <laughs> I got a funny story about chicken skins. Maybe I'll save it for uh, Ian's podcast. So just- well listen, I'm a little hungry. So we're gonna bust open these flock chicken skins. You want one? I'm uh, it's a little outside of my diet plan, but I'll have one. Not diet plan. Well, that's true. And let's talk about why, okay, this is outside right. of your diet plan. Let's see. Okay. It's we talk close. about we talk about breaking news. On the way here, okay, and we're filming this. Obviously, this is coming out a few days later. But on the way here, um, we got a call from yep. Jerry Thomas from Rough Barstool's Rowdy. Rough and Rowdy. And- Listen, you break the news. What it's is on. what is what is going on? It's on. Uh, I'm locked in for a fight on uh, the is end of the month, January 25th, January right? 25th in Providence, Rhode Island. 
So this so. will this will be your fourth rough and rowdy fight. Yeah. Um, shout out to Barstool for always supporting. We yeah. thought this deal was dead. I mean, obviously, yeah. obviously back in November, we you know Jerry who basically runs rough and rowdy. He does all the he does the heavy lifting. You know, he's been doing this for years. You know, we've developed a rapport with him. And, and back in November, I mean, he told us coming to Providence in January again, where you made your rough and rowdy yeah. debut. And, um, you know, listen, we were trying to get a whole squad on this card. You, yeah. um, our guy, Ian Bick, Steph, the boss Moss from Champs Boxing Club, our home gym. And, um, you know, up until yesterday, everything was dead. There was nothing yeah. going on, nothing for you, nothing yeah. for Steph, nothing for Ian. So we kind of just, you know, we figured, hey, you know what, on to the next one. And literally on the way here, we get the call. Yeah, it was it was cool. Like I say, like I'm, a, I always want to fight. You know, like I love fighting and and, and boxing and stuff. Is is it's fun for me because it's still kind of new and it's different, right? But yeah, I was, you know, we were excited to fight, and then it kind of seemed like it died off a little bit, and then yeah, we just heard from Jerry, and, and we're in. So so that's so, why you got to stay ready. I guess, yeah, you, know? you got to stay ready, and that's yeah. you know, like Coach Dave, Coach Benny, everyone at Champs, you know, they say you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're, we, we taped this pod, then we're going back to training camp. You yeah. know what I mean? Which you've never really been out of training. You're always ready. So, you know, guys, we're going to put some links on. You got to make sure if you're, if you're in the Providence area, it's January 25th. We're going to get all the, I mean, this is literally breaking news. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to have to get some mic'd up footage, some footage of you training. So yeah. now nah, a lot of new stuff for the Talking uh, Trash podcast. It's going to be fun. The, the stream, if you can't make it to the live event in Providence, is roughandrowdybrawl.com. Yes. I believe. Yes, roughandrowdybrawl. And we'll put so, the links up in, in all our socials and everything. And uh, again, this I can't even believe this is going to be your fourth fight. Yeah. And, uh, My fourth boxing fight ever. Yeah. Well, the fi- I had the exhibition the fist the one the other day. Yeah, like, well, ago, to but. try to keep track of all your fights, whether they're sanctioned or not, is going to be almost <laughs> impossible. But again, this hey, is these a, are sanctioned. This, the, this oh, absolutely, this is le- this is all legit. Yeah. Every fight's legit, no matter what. But this yeah. is one of those. This is going to be a big one. So yeah. we're going to definitely get a lot of footage, a lot of coverage. Talk about this um, over the next few weeks until we um, it's it's showtime, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to yeah. be there, Providence. Um, I'm I'm really excited. And yeah, it's gonna be fun. It was fun, really fun last time in Providence. There was a huge uh, crowd that came, and it was a blast, a lot of fun. So it'll be fun to be back there, and we're close. It's on a Thursday night. Um, I actually, why do I prefer a weeknight sometimes? Uh, well, we got there's no hat tricks game on Friday. Well, listen, and I think you guys so are on the road the Saturday, so yeah, we you might know, have to Dan, get a bus up there. We might know? have to get, you know, Danbury fans, they've been chomping at the bit to have you back on yeah. the ice, which yeah. is coming soon. So if you want to see, you know, this might be a time to see you in action. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I got to tell you, man, sometimes a Thursday night, it's not that bad, man. Sometimes the weekend, when you have a weekend and, um, you know, with kids and stuff, it's hard yeah. to get out. But a Thursday night is fun, man. Providence yeah. is really close to us, obviously. So Two hours or so. W- what are you weighing right now? What's your weight? Yeah, I've lost 10 pounds. I know. Last, you've been, you've last been... week, I think, I've lost like 12 pounds. So last week I was like 228, and I'm at like, I think I'm like 280. I was two, I was actually 214 last uh Yo, this morning, so it's it's so. you're lean and mean right now. So this, this yeah. um, you know, like I said, this is so breaking news. We don't have too much info on your opponent. So by next week, we'll have a lot more to talk about. But uh, I mean, what what what's, I mean, again, you know, three one minute rounds. Yeah. There's not a lot of time. Um, which I mean, let's not let's not give the game plan here. But in uh, your we past, all, we all your, know. Yeah, in your know. past three fights, I mean, um, 
What has been the biggest adjustment for you as opposed to like hockey fights? Well, it's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like a hockey fight. I'm, you know, comfortable. Obviously I've done it a ton, you know, but I think my last fight, the one that I lost against Polish hammer, I was just so over anxious and just, I just wasn't like cool about it. Like I've had so much sparring where I've came, I sparred and I'm calm and I came in that fight and I just felt like I was so like, ah, yeah. and I just didn't like, you know, I wasn't consciously boxing and I wasn't consciously like, you know, keeping my hands up and stuff like that. And I got tagged. So it's just how it is. So, yeah, I mean, so this time I want to just come in a little bit more conscious of what I'm doing and just, just, I'm still going to be banging. Like we, we all know like how, how rough and rowdy goes. It's like, it's pretty much a hockey fight. Like, you know, just throw down and. You know, it's, it's kill or be killed. That's my, that's my strategy. It's like, it's, I'm not fighting in any fight to go to the, to go the distance. That's, that's not how I roll. Well, and that's what they like about you, obviously, because you come, you bring the excitement. I mean, obviously you, you as a person are way bigger now than your debut with them. So this is going to be a fun one. This yeah. is going to be, um, you know, you're two and one right now on yeah. record and this will be good to get back on that, that the win column yeah. and, um, I'm excited, man. We're going to, you know, obviously. Haven't gone the distance yet in a fight. Haven't gone uh, the distance I mean, yet. listen, it's in, in those type of, like you said, it's 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 one minute rounds. It's very hockey fight-ish, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. From time to drop the gloves, engage, and, you know, sometimes fights. I mean, a minute's a long time for a hockey fight, but you know what I mean. I mean, it's, uh, well, it's you don't have time to play around. Even like this, it's like the one minute rounds in boxing, It's it's it changes the game. Because it's yeah. like, you don't have time to box. Yeah, It's like, you just got to fight. It's just, you just got to get after it. It's more of like a street fight, really. It's, yeah. it's just kind of get after it. And then you, as soon as you get tired, you're pretty much going to break and then you're resting and then you come out and get after it again. And yeah, man. Well, listen, it's you a know, blast. combat sports, the fight game. I've been doing this for a while. You, you just, you know, you hope a fighter's ready. I know you're going to be ready. We're, we're, you know, we got the sparring, we got the gym, we got the coaching. So yeah. I know you're going to be ready to put on a show. So again, guys, if you're in the area, you got to grab your ticket, see Diamond Hands live January 25th in Providence. And again, um, roughandrowdybrawl.com, right? Roughandrowdybrawl.com. So we'll post it. We'll post the links yeah, on the Yeah, absolutely. Socials. Wasn't yeah. prepared for this because, like I said, it's happened on we the way. We thought it here. was done. Yeah. We're like, thought we it was, thought it was thought done. It was a good and, deal. You know, it was, you know, it was what it was. We kind of were just like, all right, well, it is what it is. And um, yeah, happened this morning. So speaking of, locked bo- in. Speaking of boxing, I got to give a huge shout out, okay, to who I call the big three in our gym, James Boxing Club. Yeah. We got. Some little guys, man. Um, John Del Malenciano, Jaden Santiago, and Elias Morales, okay? 15 years old, 10 and 10, I want to say. Um, our little guys, our big three. Yeah. These three, one, so so Golden Gloves is, you know, that's a famous tournament in amateur boxing. Silver Gloves are for the little guys, the younger guys, yeah. before they get there. And um, we have three guys who won Silver Gloves in Connecticut, advanced states, Last weekend, one in regionals in New York, which is a huge, a huge feat because you're you're fighting guys from all over the region, New York, New Jersey, New England, everywhere. So we got three guys from our gym, uh, John Dell, Jaden, and Elias advancing yeah. to uh, the National Silver Gloves. Which is in um, Missouri. Missouri, yeah. Independence. I've, you know, I've been to that before. Where? To Silver Gloves. Really? In Missouri. Wow. Like 10 years ago. That's crazy. Is that where they have it every year, right? They usually, you know, anything national in the states yeah. in boxing, they try to keep it in the Midwest yeah, for yeah. everyone. But um, because I went, I remember I was playing against Missouri, and we were just—I don't know if it was a game day or we had a day off. We were just—we went for a walk, and we come across the street, and we get to the hotel, and we walk in, and we just see like kid fighters, like young yeah. fighters everywhere. I'm like, what? This is crazy. There's three rings set up, 
and it was just like kids just getting after it. And I'm like, yeah. this is rad. So we stayed and we watched. It was awesome. Well, listen, like I said, I'm so proud of our guys, man. John yeah. Dell, Jaden, Elias. These guys are in the gym almost every, every day. day. They work yeah. so hard. And yeah. and we say in the gym, hard work, work. So big shout out to you guys. I know you guys are going to kill it in uh, Missouri. And, and um, Jaden actually won National Silver Gloves last year. So he's looking to become a two-time national wow. champion. He's only uh, 10, 11. So I feel he was bad. already in, right? Like he didn't have to fight. Just so he recently. got a buy. The yeah. regionals, he got a buy. Um you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes that's tough to keep a guy focused when yeah, he has yeah. a buy. So, yeah. so these guys are coming, um, but I'm really, I'm so happy for them. And, and Love that. we're looking forward to it, man. Doing big things, Scrap City, um, you know how we do it's it. It's so. really cool to see, like I've said this before in the gym, I've never said it on here, but it's really cool to see kids that fight because um, there's something like fighting really takes like a whole other level of, of, of character and, and just gr like work ethic. Yeah. And like seeing these kids that are literally doing sprints to get into shape and build their cardio so they can fight is the coolest thing ever. Like I know like, yeah, I ran and I, I did like workout stuff when I was playing hockey at that age, but I wasn't doing sprints. Like I wasn't actively trying to get stronger and actively trying to build my cardio. So it's, it's so cool to see these young kids boxing and seeing like, how hard they work on a daily basis is insane, man. And, and the thing insane. is, and a lot of times boxing, there's no set schedule. You know, like when I played hockey growing up, you got a schedule. Yeah. This is when you're playing. Yeah. You know you're playing. Yeah. These guys are busting their ass, okay? Yeah. They don't even know and, when they're And they don't is. know when they're fighting sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be ready. Like you said, for you with Rough and Round, you yeah. got to be ready. And yeah. these kids, like you said, just three monsters. So big shout out, John Dell, Jaden Elias, uh, our Wolfpack members going to kill it in uh, Missouri February 1st to the 3rd. So very soon. Hopefully we'll be able to announce some national champs here soon. So yes, let's go to the world of hockey because there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, first things first, you know, I was going to do this to you, but I decided I'm not. I was going to play the national anthem. A little salt in the wound. Yeah. I was going to play the United States national anthem. I, I wanted to even do the Pledge of Allegiance, but big shout out to the USA hockey team, okay? USA winning the 2024 IIHF World Juniors. Wow. that Are things turning in junior hockey? Are things turning yeah. to the States? They are. They are, yeah. Of course they are. You can't hit anymore. Of course <laughs> they are. That's true. <laughs> Big shout out to the 2024 uh, Team it. USA and juniors. What I loved about this, they right? were laying people out too. So they were laying people out too. I, what I loved about this, and I honestly, I didn't watch any of the games. I got thirty-seven other things to do, but I see the highlights. I know yeah. what's going on. I think the greatest thing was they went. You know, the host, the host country was Sweden. Yeah. So the you know the twenty twenty-four World Juniors was in Sweden, and they beat Sweden six to two in the oh, finals. Yeah. Was there a fight or something? At the end? Man, oh man, was Sweden salty? Okay. Oh, yeah. I was watching the clips and Team USA, you know, making it to the finals, beating Sweden, who's, you know, a successful hockey country in its own right. Um, skunked these guys six to two. Yeah. And, um, and Sweden wasn't day. happy. Sweden, Sweden. Uh, first of all, U.S. went in enemy territory and laying, like you said, laying the body. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're laying guys out. Yeah. Sweden, too. They were playing rough. I think towards the end of the game, there was a bit of a melee. I don't know if you want to call it a brawl. It wasn't really a brawl. In my not a book. lot of dropper gloves because I think they got like a pretty bad suspension. So, so I gloves. mean, 
just, and then the funniest part was after the celebration, you know, poor Sweden's on the blue line watching Team USA get their medals. Oh, yeah. And I, I got to find a kid's name. Was, just, I think it was a captain or something, kind of salty. Hey, oh, didn't he throw man. his medal he, into he, the, he, uh, Yeah, the Sweden captain was luck. not happy. Um, but, but the team USA, I mean, blowing kisses at the crowd, you know, dancing on the ice. Now let's, let's look at it in two ways. Was it, was it over the line? You think? So let's look at it two ways, right? Traditionally, traditionally people hate it. Okay. Because let's be honest, hockey and baseball too, are two sports that have a lot of unwritten rules. Classy. and, And it's one of those that's supposed to be. You're supposed to, you know, you hit a home run, you put your bat down and you run. You're not yeah. supposed to. Team USA took that rule book and basically Threw it out the window, shitted on it. it. Yeah. Okay. And um, <laughs> you know what? They were I doing can't the one guy was like it. doing the moonwalk. Like they it were looked dancing. like he was doing the gritty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can't help it. I just cannot help it, Ames. I cannot help it. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> now, if I was a Swedish man. Yeah. I'd be looking to come yes. to the U.S. and yeah. and getting rough and rowdy with one oh, of yeah. these kids. I just can't help it. It's just my personality. I love, I love it, man. I think it's hilarious. And again, we always talk about growing the game. My dad always taught me: no matter what in life, you have to learn to adjust. I'm not happy with a lot of the stuff you see nowadays in sports in general. Yep. You know what I mean? But. It is what it is. It is what it is. And yeah. we could sit here and bang, bang at the table here, get red faced. and But it's not going to stop these kids. They don't no, care. No. I loved it. I mean, would I have loved it on the other end? I don't know. I still might have loved it. Because yeah. you know why? When the Kalamazoo Wings beat us in 2006 in Danbury to win the Colonial Cup in the UHL, I was so mad. And a couple of the K-Wing guys were blowing me kisses because I was giving it to them for, there was was a lot. The whole season probably. I was, you know, your first reaction is anger, but I said, you know what? I deserve it. It happens. You know what I mean? You would have been doing the same thing I would have been doing worse. Yeah. So shout out to Team USA. I absolutely love the swag. I love the bad blood that was brewing. And see, that's what what gets my attention. I'd love to see Sweden versus U.S. tomorrow now. Yeah. Because you know that carryover. But, um... Big shout out! I gotta cheer for you. I got I cheer for USA now just as much as I do Canada because I got an American baby. So yeah, well let's let's face you know it, I mean? man. Whether you guys want, I'm gonna or have not, I'm, or... I'm literally gonna have mini stick Team USA versus Canada going on in my house. So <laughs> that's very true. It's gonna that's, go down at some that's point. Very it's true. Go down. Wes and Tyson are gonna be thrown down. I'm sure. At some Big point. shout out USA hockey. And last yeah. week we last week we actually touched on something with the World uh, Juniors when we were absolutely. I was disgusted with that that kid, uh, Connor Geeky the from hit. Canada, yeah. getting thrown out for, I mean, clean as a whistle hit. It was in a my clean book. check. I mean, it's now yeah. you. We've talked about this before. Your cousin is actually um, he refed the World Juniors a couple times. Yeah. So your yeah. your cousin is a highly. Um, you know, regarded referee. And like yes. we've always said, we want everybody's point of view. It's easy for us to sit in there and say, we just want chaos all the time. And that's clean. It's not, your cousin had an interesting take on it. Um, Cause yeah. you did, you he, did he get, try to get his input. on. Yeah. This. I talked to him about it and he basically just said, you know, like he said, you know, we were spot on about saying that it's just the IIHF rules and, and, you know, the refs are, 
And the, and you know what? Respect to the refs for being able to adjust their game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they got to adjust the way they ref according to the rule book. So they have to, you know, okay, we're going to the World Juniors. They have to read through the rule book and see, okay, we're a little tighter on this, a little tighter on this. And they have to ref differently. And I think they do a good job for the most part at adjusting. That's because it's hard enough to ref a tight game, let alone, you know, the tighter the game gets, the harder it is to ref in, in my opinion, I think. But, um, yeah, he basically just said, you know, he thought it was a nice hit and stuff like that. But unfortunately the, you know, the refs are kind of handcuffed by the rules of the, of world juniors. And, and, uh, you know, he says, I guess, uh, what he was saying is the principal point of contact. Um, so they're saying, I guess with the head would, that would be, basically how the the rule book reads so that's what he would have thought uh there was a little too much contact on the head i didn't really see it you know like i don't know it, it is what it is though yeah. I, I, you can't blame the refs it's it's the rule book and yeah. and they're doing their job at finding the line and and you know it, it's it, it it sucks because you want to see those hits like the, remember the for me the glory days for world junior hockey's uh, hockey was, you know, 2005 to yeah. 2000, 2005 to like 2008, maybe. And I think Canada won every year yeah. back then. Like it was, it was for like five or six years straight. Canada was winning, but it was like, do you remember when like Jordan Tutu played in the world? Juniors? Yes. He I was remember just seeing some. blowing people up. Like if you look at old world junior highlights, people yeah. are just getting absolutely obliterated. And it was so but hey, game's changing. It's yeah. more skill, and uh, it is what it is, man. I, I hate to see it for a guy like Geeky get getting kicked out, and he's in the World Juniors. But um, you know, it is what it is, man. It's, it's, uh, it's you know, part of officiating game now. as much as we get on them, like you said, it you really think about how much pressure is on these guys. I think the biggest thing, and I've said this before in previous episodes, the biggest, the thing that angers me with officiating could be any sport is. They never have to be publicly held accountable. Yeah. Like, like I said, have a press conference. Like, try to instead of Question us fans them. or try to try to understand what they were thinking. Like, come out and say, like, you know, yeah. this is what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's got to be tough. This, you know, the game is every game is so fast that these judgment causes. So you got to kind of. Never thought I'd be saying this, but you got to give some of these refs and officials, um, you know, a little bit of a break. Yeah, it's. I mean, at the end of the day, like I would never. I would never want to be a ref just because of how hard it would be in this game. Like, I feel like back in the day, it would have been so much easier because it was kind of like, let the kids play. If something goes really out of hand, you call it. But now it's like these refs have, refs have to watch everybody at all times and they're calling everything, every little hook and every little slash. And so it's like, it's a lot on their plate. And then at the same time, you know, imagine being in Danbury Ice Arena, getting yelled at, <laughs> having, having uh section one or two, giving it to you the whole time. It's got to be a hard job. Nah, it, it I, always, I always say if I ever got into it, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be a linesman. I'll stick to the lines yeah. and breaking up fights. And, uh, that's about it. That's where I would be drawing the line. Well, speaking of fights, okay, this has been um, something, Something again, I wasn't super familiar with the situation. And again, we always talk about not reacting first to everything. Let things play out a little bit. There's a young man from, I believe, Scottsdale, Arizona, somewhere in Arizona, Cutter Gautier. Yeah. Cutter Gautier is a big time, actually, shout out to him. He's one of the Team USA junior champions. Um, you know, you, you, what a weird situation. Now, let me set this up. Um, Cutter Gautier, okay, uh, just won, you know, the World Juniors on Team USA. He was a first-round pick, I believe, two years ago, Philadelphia Flyers, um, fifth overall, highly regarded. I believe he plays in Boston right now, college. Big-time player. 
big time prospect. A lot of people see a lot of, uh, you know, a big future from big kid. I think he's like six, three good player. Um, Philadelphia Flyers have been bad for a little while now. They're starting to turn things around. Yeah. Philadelphia's on the re, you know, first of all, they're, they're, no one was projecting this right now. They're six right now in the East, okay? So if the playoffs started today, they're in. It's Torts. Uh, they're um, Torts. You know what? Torts, you, you know, a guy, he's 50 50. You know, yeah. he could be on a team and, and be absolutely horrific. Yeah. And then he just finds his niche. I feel like if Tor if Torts gets a little buy in from the boys, man, like you know, a coach like that's a yes. guy that you would want to run through a brick wall for. Yeah, and you and, know what I mean? and you know what he um he's he's old school and and yeah. I, I like him and yeah, uh, me too. I do I like him and um you know he, he gets mixed reviews but I like him and yeah. so he's got Philly playing right now and and they have a lot of real young talent they got a they got a defenseman Cam York I love they got a lot of guys and um. They had to be ecstatic that this Cutter Gautier kid fell to them fifth overall two years ago. And you know how this goes. You get drafted. It takes a few years to get there. But, um, yeah, Cutter Gautier, you know, almost simultaneously winning a World Junior Championship. It, it came He's out. He's going viral. <laughs> he goes viral. Not for that. But, and again, let me preface by saying we all don't know the whole story. The only people that know the whole story is Cutter Gautier and whoever he was dealing directly with, with the flyer organization. His agent or whoever. So yeah. so everything that we're saying is all kind of piecing together reports that we're getting. So this isn't gospel, but, you know, I like to preface things by this. But Cutter Gauthier, you know, goes from, you know, everyone, he's Team USA. Uh, you know, the Philly, or, you know, the flyer organization had to be ecstatic. They have a champion, on, you know, in the juniors. And then he requests allegedly requests a trade he says i'm not playing for the flyers when the time comes yeah and the flyers <laughs> decides yeah. instantly we are trading you yeah. now for uh jamie uh god jamie drysdale defenseman um which they need which they need from yeah. anaheim yeah now of course and a draft pick today. and second round pick you're right yeah. in 2025 so you know people love to analyze trades who got the better of what? It's it's such a stupid thing to try to analyze until these guys are retired. So a guy, oh, the Flyers got screwed. Oh, you know, Anaheim got the opinions on this whole situation has been crazy. Now, where you and I have a unique perspective, because there's a lot of hockey podcasts out there, where you and I have a unique perspective, and we haven't talked about this yeah. by the way. We're talking about this now. You are. A player, yeah. a current pro player. You have pro experience. You've seen it all. You've won championships. Um, been on good teams, bad teams. You've been through everything as it, you know, when it comes to being a player. Yeah. I don't care what league it is. You've yeah. been through everything. Me, I have the experience of legitimately being a general manager slash owner. Yeah. So two totally different perspectives, potentially. Now, before we get into each other's opinions on the situation, again, Cutter Gautier requesting a trade. And this kid, how, I don't even know how old this kid is. He's young. He's yeah, a young kid. Yeah, I mean, he's playing the world juniors. Yeah, so, so he's, he's young. I mean, uh, you know, allegedly, like I said, whether it was him directly, his agent, whoever, telling the organization, we're not playing for you. Bye. Get rid of us, essentially. Kind of <laughs> what Eric Lindros did, in a yeah. way. Yeah, I heard they compared the two, but um, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. Can't compare. You know, That was a different time. Eric Lindros was, you know. But very strange situation. And a lot of people, again, very opinionated. Dude, the Flyers were pissed. It seemed like the Flyers commentary team was just going hard. Listen. They didn't let it go. I got to tell you something. I'm going to get... Uh, 
I want to give you my perspective first from a GM point of view, part ownership point of view, okay? <laughs> Let me be careful how I say this, all right? You know, it's a privilege to play professional hockey, yeah. no matter what league. Yeah. The NHL is the cream of the crop. Okay, what I'm getting tired of seeing, and now it's leaking into hockey, which is kind of interesting to see. This is something you'd see more in basketball, football, even baseball to an extent. But yeah. you don't hear a lot of this in hockey where the players, um, and let me stop and say, you know me. I call it down the middle. If I feel a player's right, I don't care if I have experience as a GM. If an ownership group is wrong, you know, I say, hey, they, they're, they're a problem. But if I think a player is wrong, it's the same thing. It rubs me the wrong way where you got a kid, great prospect, but hasn't done boo yeah. in pro. And you're gonna you you were you were you were blessed enough because there's a lot of hockey players out there that probably is as good, if not better, than him. That'll never yeah. get a shot. This kid is blessed enough to get drafted. Okay, I don't care if if there was a team in Alaska, you know. Yeah, yeah. you you think ninety percent of the guys that get drafted in any sport really want to go to that team? Yeah, yeah. Especially a high prospect, you're getting drafted high, and that's usually the worst teams. I just have a problem where you think you're going to dictate right away where you want to go. Yeah. Now, again, when you establish yourself as a player, business is business. You start to get a little clout. You start to you know you you hold some chips. Yeah. You could probably, and, and sometimes it's not what you do, it's how you do it, too. Um, again, we don't know the whole story with this, but uh, I don't know, man. It rubs me the wrong way, and it kind of brings me back to a story. I think you're going to like this one. First year of the Trashers, my father, okay, we had a backup goalie. His name was Guillaume Lavalle. We used to call him Nemo because he had the Finding Nemo guy, Nemo, on the back of his helmet. <laughs> Sweet kid. Okay, from Quebec, had to be 20, 21 years old. He was a backup goalie, sweetest kid in the world. Didn't speak much English, but enough to get by. We're, um, he's in a game. Okay, this is early on in our inaugural season. Um, so we're all trying to find our way, you know, as an organization, yeah, yeah. the players, you know, the communication, the whole nine yards. So we have a game and we're on a power play. It's a tie game, late in the game. We have a power play and um, the puck, you know, the, the other team, I don't know who we were playing, clears the puck, you know, but it trickles down the ice. Yeah. Guillaume decides he turned into Martin Brodeur overnight and skates, bro, from the goal almost to the red line. And everyone's like, what What are you doing? Penalty killer was forechecking, hounding the puck, simply deeks him, scores on an empty net, we lose the game. Now, did the game mean anything? No, it was an early regular season game. But my dad was hot. You know what, I, at Guillaume. He yeah. was hot. We get into the locker room. He goes, AJ, go get Guillaume. I said, Guillaume, come on. It was so awkward because uh, I knew he was going to get yelled at. We get him in the, in the room. I'm sitting there. My dad's sitting there. And, and my dad goes, let me watch my cursing because we're going to go broke today. But he's like, who the, do you think you are? You think you're Martin Brodeur? You think you're Patrick Wild? What are you coming? Like my dad, and I was analyzing, yeah. right? He goes, you're coming out of the net? What are you doing? Now, Guillaume knew he was, you know, he knew he screwed up. Yeah. And again, you know, I know people where English isn't their first language. They, they, um, you know, they, the translation isn't always perfect. Yeah. So what Guillaume meant to say was, I'm so sorry. I know I screwed up. It won't happen again. 
but I understand you're mad and I understand if I'm not going to play again for a little while, I, I understand. That's what he wanted yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. What Guillaume Nemo Lavallee said, <laughs> and I'm looking at him, he essentially said, well, I'm sorry, but if you don't like the way I play, get rid of me. That's essentially what oh, he no. said. <laughs> so you know what my dad said? All right, done. Get out. You're fired. Go. <laughs> oh, done. Done deal. He le He looks and he leaves and he looks at me. He goes, get us a goalie. And he and he leaves. That's a whole nother story of what we ended up doing, what I had to give up to get another goalie. But that's that was a headache. But I go to this Cutter Gauthier situation. Now, a lot of people are opinionated fans, ex-players, ex-GMs, ex everyone's got their opinion. And Philly did the wrong thing. They were venomous to this young kid. Boo-hoo, bop, bop, bop. Let me tell you something. I thought Philly as an organization handled it perfectly. If you don't want to play, okay. Yeah, of course, yeah. Bye. What happens is players, and I'm not saying this is the case with this kid, players, you know, you can accumulate power. But if you don't have that power yet, like they don't don't act like you got like if he's giving you trouble now, yeah. you see what cut when you got cancer, Ames, you gotta cut it yeah, as soon as possible. It, yeah. I'm not calling this kid a cancer. What I'm saying is if you have well, Dude. if he doesn't want to be there, you don't want him in the room. Yeah, get period. him out. You know, obviously. First of all, like, I thought they won the trade. First yeah. of all, the kid's a, a very highly touted prospect. Could yeah. be amazing. But they got a really good defenseman, yeah. okay? Immediately, their team's better. And in a year, they got a second-round pick, which is a valuable yeah. thing. And Philly's on the come-up. And you know what? Um, people are getting over Philly fans. Here we go again, being mad. At the, I'd be mad at the situation. You don't yeah, want to play course. for my city? Yeah. Okay, get out. Listen, Cutter Gauthier, sweet kid, probably from Arizona. All right, I mean Philly, Philly, New York, the whole Northeast. It's not for you, then, buddy. Yeah, and and he's gonna get it when he comes eventually. Oh yeah, now he's gonna be an enemy. Philly doesn't players. play around. That yeah. sauce gravy conversation. <laughs> they were riding with gravy, so I can see what they're gonna do to this Cutter Gauthier kid. My biggest problem is. Um, I think they handled it great because you see it in other sports. Guys, you know, insinuate they don't want to play. And and the, the organization will be spiteful and petty and hold yeah. on to you and play. I thought Philly, what they did was great. Yeah, bye, why, why go. Not? Yeah, why would you hang on? Bye-bye. Yeah, but people are, are getting on Philly. Now, like you said, the whole Philly organization, meaning broadcasters, ex-players, oh, everyone yeah. was all they over. Wouldn't let it, they wouldn't let it go. Um, now, I don't know about that, but I will say this. Philly's the type of city where you make uh, a team in Philly angry. That makes them very dangerous. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the Someone's Flyers, I'm telling you the Flyers as a whole this year are going to be a very dangerous team yeah. because they, they're angry. And, and sometimes people, when they're angry, they play better, they do better. So I'm just saying from a GM. That energy. Yeah. When I, from a GM perspective, I thought they did everything right. Get yeah. rid of them right away. If someone says, I don't want to be a trasher. I don't want to be this. I don't. See ya. Bye. See you later. Yeah. Well, you don't want, at the end of the day, you want people in your room that want to be there. Well, so it's like, to me, if you know, like as a player's perspective, like I like, there's a point there. The one thing about it that I, I don't really know what his reasoning is. Cause he hasn't spoken about it. So no one really knows like why there could be more to it that nobody knows about. And he could be totally in the right for all of we course. know. But, you know, from the outside perspective of what you see, you're kind of like, what the fuck's this guy doing? You like, gotta, you're not even in the league yet, and you're kind of making these decisions, and, and 
You know, I mean, it's the NHL at the end of the day. It's not like you're going to go somewhere and they're going to have you living in a hotel and like taking, you know, they're going to take good care of you. Like they're, it's not anything like that. You're in the NHL. So it's, I don't know. You hit it on the head. And I said it before we started talking about this. We don't know the full story. The only people that know is Cutter, his representation, his family maybe, and, you know, certain people in the Flyers. It's not a good look, in my opinion. I agree. Like, 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 again, I'm old school. You know what I mean? Like, even if I'm a player now, I'm like, oh, you don't want to be with me? on my team wait till I see you big boy Um, but again and it's just we we go back to this whole thing like there was people kind I was looking at the comments just fans or other people oh you know he should have a choice listen what do you mean you have a choice? Well, the thing is, when you're getting drafted maybe I'm completely do they not They every team interviews you yes so how come when Philly interviewed him he didn't just tell him straight up I don't want to play for you guys well yeah I mean you know what I mean because then this whole situation he would have got drafted later Possibly, yeah. But but at least he would have got drafted to a different team, you know. Like, but but again, again, I just we talk about this the whole entitlement thing with these athletes. I mean, listen, I don't care if you drafted me to the the Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I mean, uh, shout out to Justice Smoke. He's a Winnipeg guy. But uh, listen, I mean, you 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 play. I mean, that's that's. I don't know. I just. Change, times it's, are changing. It's, it's changing, it's, and it, you see it in every aspect of everything. So, but but I don't know. It's not a good look. If I was a GM, president, owner, I do the same thing. I heard that he, he didn't even meet them at the World Juniors. They were trying to meet up with them, and he just stiffed them. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if that's dogs. true, we'd have a major problem. <laughs> we'd have a major problem. Send like, somebody like, out, fly like, them out there. Like, like I'd be, I, I, there would be a major problem. If, well, if I mean, I'm kids, sure there is a major problem. We'll see how it goes when they play yeah, again. So I'm sure just, somebody's gonna clip them. I just, um, I don't know, these young kids, if you young kids are listening, listen, okay, we live in a different world, this is the Instagram society and this and that, you're very replaceable, okay? Yeah. Be humble, I'm not saying, listen, I was just going on about Team USA showing some swag and Cutter was part of that, that's fine, but- you gotta. It's not what you do. It's how you do it. There's the right way to do business, and and you gotta be smart about it. And also, it. too, you gotta think like you never want to burn a bridge. Like how no. something you know, you, you never want to leave that bridge burnt. And at the end of the day, it, there might be a situation where he could have been in Philly, and it would have been the best place. But they'll never take him back. Like they'll never, you know, who knows? And it's just, it's just everybody's, everybody's, um, everybody's. You know, everyone travels differently. Everyone's destinations different. Uh, every how everyone's routes different. Your yeah. route to pro hockey. Yeah. How did you, you know, what, like, we kind of touched on this, but, like, when, when, like, you entering to pro hockey, like, how did that whole thing come about? So, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, I played, you know, I played my years junior, and I I aged out in junior, and and to be completely honest, I thought, I'm done with hockey. Like, I never even considered pro. I never even thought about playing again, and yeah, it was, it was a tough time for me. You know, I was going through summertime, and I'm like, you know, I'm probably not going to be, you know, not going to be um, playing hockey anymore. And that was when I had played my first season of lacrosse. And then, uh, you know, that was also my age out year in lacrosse. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I was kind of like, Oh, well I'm done. And so I'm going to get a job. I went to work on the pipeline, uh, went, went and I was working on the pipeline. I was making really, really good money. And I was like, Oh, this is great. But I mean, no life. You're just working, 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 but, but I had money. So it was good. And then uh, I get a call from a friend, actually, Anthony Collins, so oh, we've talked about yeah. calls before. Uh, Tough guy. I, I yeah. played junior with him, and he calls me, and he goes, Ames, he's like, uh, I'm going to a pro pro trial in the Federal Hockey League. Hmm. Uh, this is a little over, this is well, 12 or 13 years ago, I guess. We 2012, I guess it would yeah. have been. 
Um, so he goes, Hey, I'm going to a tryout in uh, Vermont. And I'm like, he's like, do you want to come with me? And like, do you want to come try out? And I'm like, all right. In my head, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to finish my job here. I have money in the bank. I'll go to this team. I'll probably get cut. When I get cut, I'm going to, it'll be around my birthday time. I'll go to Montreal, spend my birthday in Montreal, and then I'll go back to work. That was literally what I was thinking. I had no, I did not think I was going to make a team or end up playing hockey. I was just, Hey, I get to play a little more hockey for a couple more weeks. And then I go on a little trip. So that's kind of was my plan. And I, and I went there and, and this is the federal league over 10 years ago. You know, it was, it wasn't as good as it is now, as far as like, you know, situations and stuff. My first two nights in the federal league, I slept on the dressing room floor. <laughs> literally slept on the dressing room floor. I'm like, where am, what league am I in? You didn't here? demand a trade right away. <laughs> I, sh- I should have. You dude. didn't demand a trade? No, because I oh, wasn't damn. even in the league yet. I was trying to make the team. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'll sleep on the dressing room floor. Night three, I actually got a hotel room and, and brought all the boys over. And we had a bunch of guys stay in the hotel room. Cause I was like, you know, I came back, I came from work, you know, I was like, whatever, I'll just get a room, forget it. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I started. And I actually didn't make the team. We got there. We had Pisano. I don't know if you remember Pisano. Tony, right? Isn't Anthony, Tony? Yeah, Anthony, huge, yeah. big dude, strong. We had four heavies on our team, like literally four heavyweights. And I was like, a, you know, I was like a bubble guy. Didn't really, they didn't sign me, but they kept me around. They like had, like, oh, we got PTOs, this and that. So I stuck around. And then what actually ended up happening was Danville Dashers came to play mm-hmm. our team in Vermont. And I was like, look, forget it. You guys aren't going to sign me. No problem. I'm signing with Danville this weekend. So I signed with the other team that weekend because my team wasn't signing me. I was living in the house with all the Vermont guys. But I was like, hey, man, like I want to play hockey. These guys are going to sign me right now and bring me on the road. So let's do it. Let's play hockey. So I signed with the other team. So you're living. I don't mean to interrupt you. So you're living with the Vermont team. The Vermont team. In a house. Yeah. Practice, you know, you're kind of on the bubble with the Vermont team. I mean, I'm skating with them. They're telling me. So you're, you're pra- pr- so t- this morning you're practicing with Vermont. You're yes. living with Vermont. Yep. And then you signed with Danville. Signed with Danville. <laughs> and Danville comes into town. And at this point, I'm, I just want to play. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, if they're going to sign me, like it, it's business. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day. Um, so Danville comes into town. My roommate was Morgan James. He just got sent down from the SPHL. He was a fighter. He was 6'6". Um, tough kid. And he just got sent down from Columbus in the SP. So he was my roommate. Like I literally would sleep. Our beds were side by side in the same bedroom. You know, we literally shared a bedroom and Morgan James is on Vermont and he was signed with them. He was one of our four heavies and, uh, I signed with Danville. So now I'm like, I got to make a statement here. Like, obviously like I'm, I'm playing all my boys too. So first shift, what do I do? I lay out Morgan James and I didn't even give him a chance. Like I literally, Whatever, kind of a maybe a scumbag move by me. My gloves were off. By the time he got up, my gloves were already off. And he gets up. As soon as he drops his gloves, we go. I got a little jump on him. We're in the box. He's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, we're roommates. What are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm I'm an animal. Like, it is what it is. He's like, well, we got to square up now. Like, we got to do it properly. So then we fight again. We square up. I actually did really well. He was a big kid, too. Um, Long story short, I finish. I, I hop on the bus. I'm on the bus now with Danville. I go on the craziest road trip of my life. Uh, our coach almost, well, our first, our coach and our bus driver quit. I end up driving the bus. We get to, we get to, I drive the bus from New Jersey. In a, I drove it for, on the trip to Brook, uh, to Brooklyn. We get to Brooklyn. Joe Pace Sr., Joe Pace's dad. He's on the, he's our new coach now. 
He's like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to coach you guys. He's smoking cigarettes the whole bus ride. <laughs> He's smoking cigarettes over there. I'm like, this is, we're blowing slap shot out of the, out of the water at this point. Our bus is all fucked up. Clutch is ready to go on the thing. We pull into Brooklyn. The bus is on fire. Like we're, what? we're go- oh yeah, we're going. So You're then, driving the bus. Oh yeah. So we get, so we, now we get to Brooklyn. We're like, okay, we're going to have a practice. We got, we had to have practice. We played a couple games and we're practicing the one day. Uh, Bar, who was on my team, falls while we're in practice, takes out my coach's leg. Joe Paces hits his head on the ice, convulses, bleeding out of his ears. I'm like, this is the most insane. Thank God he's okay. He's still around. He's actually coaching Mississippi right now. Crazy. I'm like, where am I? What is this? We, f- we finished the rest of the road trip. We got like a 20-hour bus ride back to Chicago. We get back there. I get in this place. They're like, hey, this is where you guys are living. I get into this house, and I swear it was like a three-bedroom house. And we got like tw- like 16 guys or something trying to live in this house. I'm looking. There's guys setting up sheets in like crawl space, like in the in the basement, unfinished basement. They're hanging sheets to divide their rooms. And I'm just like, there's blow up mattresses all over. And I'm like, I don't know how long I can live like this. I call my dad. I'm like, dad, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't even know. I'm probably just going to come home, go to work. Like, I don't know how long. My dad's like, stick with it. You're doing good. I think I had seven. Ga- I was like seven games at this point. I had two goals, two assists as a D man and five fights. My dad's like, you're, like your stats are good. Like you, you be good. Like just hang on, hang on. The next day, my dad calls me and he says, Hey, I got a call. It's uh, some guy from Columbus and I'm thinking Columbus, Ohio. And uh, Columbus, Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking Columbus, Ohio. And I'm like, what, well, Columbus? They called the house looking for me. So I get called up to Columbus, Cottonmouth, in the SPHL. Oh, so wow, they saved yeah. me, got me out of there. I was like, man, that was the best thing in the world. Said goodbye to the boys. That was my first stint in the Federal League, seven games. And well, I, what was a span? Like how many days, weeks was that? Probably from, from, from the time I signed with Danville till I left was probably like two and a half weeks, like at the most. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were driving a bus from where to where? From, we played a game in New Jersey uh-huh. against my coach now, Billy. Okay. Uh, McCurry. That was my first pro, or was my first, one of my first pro games was against Billy McCurry. And then um, it would have been like my third pro game. And then uh, I got suspended because I ran as goalie. <laughs> I get suspended. And then we get on the bus. We have no bus driver. We have no coach. They quit. They quit. The the coach quit, and he said, "Fuck you guys! I'm taking the bus driver." <laughs> Sorry, throw another check mark on the thing. I'm taking the bus driver with me. So we get out. We're done the game, and we're all on the bus. We got no bus driver, no coach. Everyone's looking at each other. And it was all well. We all got to sleep. Amesbury, you're suspended, so you're driving the bus. Sorry, bud. So that's how we end up getting to the next hotel. And uh, yeah, long story short. So you're driving a flaming bus, basically. The bus was flaming as I wasn't driving it when the bus <laughs> ended up on fire. It was our equipment manager at that time. So I don't take responsibility for blowing the clutch and burning the bus. But as we pulled in to the, to the Brooklyn, uh, to our game in Brooklyn, we were like two hours late for the game and the bus was on fire. <laughs> we were ripping our gear off the bus to care. And so it wouldn't burn. So we were trying to save our gear. Oh, yeah. So then I get to Columbus, things were going good. And I ended up, and honestly, at this point, it was like, I didn't think I was going to be playing hockey. Now I've gone from the Federal League to the SP. And then I ended up just grinding it out, uh, just practicing, trying to get better. I fought that season. At the end of the season, I finished the year. I had 42 fights in 39 games. So I was fighting a game. I was fighting twice a game, like not twice a game, but there's a lot of, a lot of games where I had two fights and a, a handful of games where I had three fights. Do you remember the? Do you remember the uh, video game Twisted Metal? Oh yeah, I loved the it. Flaming. Yeah, it was I'm great. picturing you driving the clown bus or oh, the, yeah, clown the flaming thing. ice cream truck or whatever, dude. Yeah. 
What don't you do? Oh yeah, so, Reggie so, Dunlop. So, so, so what don't you do? You're fighting one point something times per game, driving yeah. a butt. I mean, that is just that is insane. Yeah, and, and, and not one trade request. You know, no, you just did your thing. Soaked it, and then I ended up actually getting called up. So then I went to the Central League during the NHL lockout. Okay, and that was the following year. I want to say at the beginning of the year, or I mean, no, maybe it was the first year I got called up, and then I came back. So I got called up to the Central League. That was the next lockout after your guys's lockout was what 2005. Yeah. So the next one was 2012, I want to say. And that was when I got called up into the Central League. So I got called up. That's when I'm playing against Aaron Bugard, Kip Brennan, Lizon. Like all the heavies were like, the all the AHL heavies and the Trickled NHL heavies, down. everybody went down. Yeah. Played against Alex Martinez. I've said that before. Right after he won a yeah. Stanley Cup. It was crazy. But the league was good. The league was tough. And I was 22 years old fighting all these guys. And... uh yeah, that was kind of just my introduction to pro hockey. So I went from being done hockey. I was like, this is it. I'm done. And then over the course of, you know, a month long span, I end up in the SPHL. So, and, so let me, let me bullet point this real quick. So basically, essentially in a month and some change time, you went from trying out for a pro team, living with a team, Practicing with the team in the morning, then signing with the opposing team, playing them that night, then getting uh, called up, driving flaming buses, fighting over once <laughs> per game against legitimate heavies. Yeah. And here we are. I mean, I that, is, that is, a, that is, that is, but it may. So if it wasn't for Collins calling me, I'm not sure that I would be here today. Shout out to Anthony Collins, yeah. one of the baddest boys out there Definitely. still to this day. He's a beast, yeah. We I had mean, me and Collins fought one time in the SPHL. Yeah. We fought once in the SP, and that was our only time we crossed. I think he was with Mississippi. Uh and then we fought one time. But uh super tough kid. Like he's running the show. He's running the table in the coast. Oh, right he's now. um him, yeah. you know, like I said, I mean it, it, let me tell you, you know, the coast got some guys, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they got some guys and, and Collins, yeah. you mean, he, he yeah. is, um, he's, he's, a beast, yeah. he's definitely a beast. That is insane. But you know what? As we've gotten to know each other more and more, as insane as that story truly is, it doesn't surprise me because <laughs> that's Daniel Amesbury. That's, that's me. That is your style. Yeah. And, um, that is that's insane. Driving flaming buses allegedly. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean that is that's that's crazy. I mean, speaking of you know, and we were talking about you know earlier, you know, off camera about about how like you know, there's a lot of stuff we like, a lot of stuff we don't like. I mean, we got to touch on this. Connor Bedard, who yeah. is obviously going to be the face of the NHL the next 15 years. Yeah. Okay. This kid is 18 years old. Okay, he was, um, I mean, he's been groomed for this since he was like a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And coming straight to the league, drafted, coming straight to the league at 18 yeah. years old. This reminds me so much of when LeBron James came to the NBA. Yeah. Everyone kind of knew, man, this is the real deal. But you're like, well, we have to see it now. See how it goes, yeah. And this kid, Connor Bedard, in half a season, okay, oh, has... has I mean, you got to give the kid credit. He is truly unbelievable. He is going to be just the face of this league. And yeah. he's gone through a lot of stuff off the ice, too, which we talked about. Already, right away. Okay. Scandals. Scandals. All the teammates not. with his mother, allegedly. Uh, I mean, just, just throwing so And this is half a season. Yeah. So last week, I mean, upon taping of this, I mean... Talk about a tough break. This kid gets his jaw broken. Not, yeah, in, not it, in a fight. And it didn't seem like, when you watch it, I was like, man, it really didn't seem like so, a 
it would break your job. So sometimes that you know, everyone knows I'm a New Jersey Devil fan. And I'm watching this game. Bedard's playing against the Devils. I'm like, yeah. I want to watch this kid firsthand. And um, kind of freaky. Um, it wasn't, you know, Brandon Smith, by the way, is the defenseman, number two on the Devils, who who um, actually initiated the hit. But it wasn't like a malicious thing. He kind of just, just stood him up. He kind of stood you know? him up. And, and Bedard, it's weird. I mean, again, as great as he is, he's that young kid. Sometimes he's that head small. goes down. He's small, too. And, like, and every guy, every yeah. little But, man, he just got hit in the right spot. And um, when he went off the ice, I figured, oh, he'll be all right. Maybe, you know. Yeah. I, at first I seen it, I thought, like, Maybe he was just like maybe it spooked him. He got a hard hit in the nose or yeah. something. I was like, oh, he'll be back. And then heard he broke his jaw. I'm like, Shh, yeah, damn, four to six, know? four to six weeks. And um, listen, other than Connor Bedard getting hurt, which you know it, it sucks. It's just it's four to six weeks. That's a that's a lengthy stint. It's good for me because I don't have him in fantasy. So yeah. I don't know who has him in our fantasy league. But who he, has him? Yeah, I right. don't know. But someone's screwed. Probably ZP or something. Um, but listen, I mean. The beauty of hockey is what happened after he got hurt. Obviously, yeah. you don't want to see the, you know, you don't want to see that see guy get hurt. hurt yeah. But everything that happened after is why hockey is honestly the greatest. Okay, yeah, Brandon it was Smith, handled the right way. Brandon Smith hit him, yeah. broke his jaw. Okay, I mean that is literally, you know, that's the golden hen for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. I mean that's that's like Michael Jordan for them, right? Yeah. So you must protect this kid at all times. Yeah. Okay. Um, listen, Brendan Smith wasn't trying to hurt him, but yeah. listen, Nick, Nick Felino on Chicago, you know, tough guy for this type of hockey, um, challenges Brendan Smith next time they're out and they fight. Yeah. They, and, and Brandon Smith answered the bell and, and that's, that's how it should be. Nobody look at the end of the day. That's in my opinion, the best situation for the NHL. No, you don't want a guy to get hurt, but do you also want a guy to get suspended? I don't think so. I think it's like, you know, hey, look, the guy gets hurt. He answers the bell. There's a fight. Done. It's done. It's over. It was handled perfectly by the boys on the ice. Exactly. Including the officials. Yes. They let it go. Yeah. It had to be. I mean, it's one of those situations, the unwritten rules and the code of hockey. They, there had to be a response. And it didn't wait till the next time they played yeah. where this can brew. Yeah. It happened right away. Nick Felino did the right thing. Brandon Smith did the right thing. Yeah. The refs let it go. Um, yeah, again, it sucks. Bedard got hurt, but no one else got hurt. Yeah. There was no suspensions. It's done. It's squashed yeah. at it, this point, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Cool, uh, cool thing, too, for all the people listening that have listened to me talk in the, in the past or whatever. So Brandon Smith, I know I've talked about Rory Smith before. Rory Smith's one of the guys who taught me how to fight. He was a lacrosse fighter, one of the toughest guys in the yes. NLL. That's Brandon, or Brandon Smith or Brandon? It's Brandon it Bre Smith. I think it's Brandon. It's Brandon right. Smith. I We've said Brandon. It, it is Brandon. So Brandon Smith is Rory's brother. So, oh wow! Yeah, so so that's kind of cool. Cool little. Uh, that's a story. Nice so connection. obviously Brandon Smith has got some toughness if he's been fighting Rory. His oh whole life, yeah, you know? and he is. He's a tough kid. Yeah, and is, and yeah, as a yeah. Devil fan, I see him a lot. Great stay-at-home defenseman, physical. Yeah. And again, there was no malice to the hit on Bedard. But again, after you know, aside from him getting hurt, everything was handled perfectly. Yeah, I and agree. it wasn't blown out of proportion a lot more than it could yeah. have with yeah. with other situations. So. You know, shout out to, you know, Nick Felino, Brendan Smith handling it, letting the, you know, shout out to the refs, the whole situation. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, but hopefully Connor Bedard gets back and, hopefully you know, can come back and, and uh, let's see how he responds when he gets back. Cause this kid's been doing literally everything, yeah. you know, and, and it's going to be amazing to see his response when he comes back. This yeah. kid is really the face. This kid is going to be the face. Good DC boy. That's right. Good BC boy. And that's your boy. Uh, that's your son Wes's guy. Oh dude. He wears his Bedard jersey every day, Wes. Bedard, it does he say Bedard jacket, right? He says Bedard, Every, wakes up in the morning, looks at me, says Bedard jacket now. Well, listen, 
we're going to be talking about this, you know, uh, 17 years from now when when it's Wes in this same position, you know, going number one overall. <laughs> I seen a hilarious. I seen a hilarious thing. I think it was on Chicklets. Wit was talking about um, all these guys that talk about their 10 year old. He's the next oh, NHL yeah. star. Did you see that one? Yes. He says. You don't. You guys don't know anything yet. He said, "Wait till women and booze come, and then we'll talk." He said, "Once women and booze are introduced, and if they can make it through that, then you can talk about that your kid is, going to the NHL." That is probably the greatest analysis, and it is so true. That's li- in life, in that, general, that's like boxing, right? Yes, and you see it all yeah. day. I deal with boxing yeah. all day long, yeah. and, and I get maybe once, twice a month, a fighter that wants me to manage or advise them, yeah. promote them, whatever yeah. the case may be. And honestly, in the past, I would always jump on these opportunities, but now it's like, I'm very selective. And I tell you, man, you know, a lot of these kids, I mean, we just talked about our big three in the gym, you know, everyone, you know, those kids are 15 and under, you know, you see the potential, but you can't get too hyped. No, you don't know. Because they haven't faced adult adversity yet. You know, they might've faced some adversity, you know, everyone, even as kids, you face different types of adversity, but you know, you're right. And wit's right, man. Alcohol, women. Are alcohol you disciplined? and women, when I, when I heard that, I'm like, that is the thing. That might be the truest. And, and like I said, with all these scouts, the analytics, no. Yeah. Give this kid... Did give this kid a what do you guys drink Labatt Blue or whatever up there? <laughs> give this kid a Labatt Blue and, yeah, and bring him good, a and couple bring, hot girls and bring him yeah. to you know scores oh, in the yeah. city and we'll see That's what, what it is. did it for me, man. I was the I was the most distracted junior hockey player on the planet, <laughs> dude. I didn't just to show up to a single junior A trout in my life. Big dude. shout was, out to Wit. That is that is I mean take hockey out of it. That is like you said. That is probably the the most. The, the smartest thing you could say. So, yeah. but I don't care. I got faith in Wes. My my yeah. boy Wes is the Stay real down. deal. Yeah. And uh, hopefully discipline. we can keep him disciplined and we're yeah. good to go. Yeah, just got to keep him around the right people. I'm still trying to wrap my head around you driving a flaming bus. And, and I know you said <laughs> it wasn't you driving it, but you had something to do with it. Oh, that. yeah, no. we were, I wasn't driving it when it was on fire, no. But, like, I banged it up a little bit. The bus, <laughs> the bus, It was like, remember Slapshot when they're hitting the side of the bus? They make it look mean. Yeah. I remember we were in a parking lot. This is the same bus ride. And, like, I don't know if I was the one who bottomed it out. Somebody bottomed it out in a parking lot. Like, we're all screaming. We're getting out looking at the side of it. The side of it's all banged up. And we're just quoting Slapshot. Make it look mean. Kicking the side of this thing. It, we, I'll tell you right now, my first seven games in the Federal Hockey League, we blew Slapshot out of the water. Oh. Out of the water. Like, Slapshot was like, you know, that was the NHL compared to us. Slapshot is obviously, you know what, and I've said this before, a funny story. I've never, believe me, don't believe me, I've never watched Slapshot in full. Really? Never. Just too boring? Like, too slow? Everyone, kinda? when they heard about the trash stories, like, oh, they were modeling after yeah. Slapshot. I promise to God. I've really? never... Wa- I don't know why. Really? You gotta watch it. I think just because everyone just insinuates I that, I, that I'm like, I'm not watching it now. Just because yeah, yeah. you guys think I modeled the <laughs> trashers after Slapshot. No. Uh, the even, in the, even in the Netflix documentary, they put a scene of Slapshot. And I said, yeah. no, I didn't watch Slapshot. <laughs> but it's funny. You talk about these stories, and I mean, it's just... The road, and then you know, you t- looking now. I mean, you're you're in your early thirties. Aren't these stories great though? As you yeah, get older, that's what it's the, all about. I, I, you know, so many. You know, an old guy told me years ago. He said, "AJ, it's really, you know, what we're all running, we're all trying to get to some goal or, or finish line, but it's it's um, it's the it's the traveling, it's, it's the journey, it's the journey. That's yes, the word. It's the, it's the journey. You know, once you get there, it's like, yeah." Yeah, now, exactly. now what? And you know, guys well, like exactly. us, you guys like us, we reach a goal and now it's like, eh. What now? Yeah. What? 
it's that journey and, yeah. and like all these stories and and um remember the first ever trasher away game was our second game of the season after our home opener season opener we had this beautiful bus we didn't have a broken down bus yeah. this bus was like pimp your ride type of bus yeah. breaks down on uh, off exit one or exit two in Danbury, and I'm I was like, just making it out. No, and it was <laughs> insane. That's a whole nother. Yeah. Listen, we we gotta get Johnny the garbage man. He was our bus driver. He no drove way. trucks for my dad at AWD, oh, nice. and he was he drove the bus, bus yeah. driver slash bodyguard off the ice. This guy has stories for days. I mean, every time it, it warms my heart when I hear these travel stories because I'm a little jealous because I was never allowed to yeah, go on the yeah. road. But man, it's just the stories. Um, we got a lot more of those stories coming up. And yeah, uh, lots. Listen, that that's a great story. Ah, so many things, so many things to get into. Um, guys, again, we we really appreciate the support. Like, subscribe. Notify all this stuff. I keep saying it. Please just hit that subscribe button to like, leave us comments, talk some trash to us. Um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, this is, I can't believe this is episode 10. Episode 10. And we had goals up yeah. to 10. Yeah. And now we are at 10. We've yeah. met our goals. Yeah. And like everything else, now it's time to throttle it up a little bit. And Try we got some, some great stuff coming. I don't even want to say what's coming. Uh, you're just going to have to, you know, stick around and, and it's coming, man. So yeah. Talking Trash Podcast, thank you guys for the support. Yeah, thank you guys and uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. <laughs>